Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy who does not speak very wisely. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And we have Jenny today. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a person in long-term sobriety. And we're going to talk about wise speech, which is an interesting concept that I have never heard of exactly. Um, I, I have a feeling once we get into it, there's probably some 12-step equivalent-ish type thing. But I, I think it's interesting that like there's this... Buddhist concept and therefore a recovery dharma concept of wise speech and we don't know anything about it so that's why Jenny's here so maybe we just start there what the hell is wise speech <laughs> so when i was um active in 12 steps like when i did the 12 steps with a sponsor she introduced me to the um like a speaking concept it was does it need to be said does it need to be said by me does it need to be said right now did you mm. have that did you yeah, I've heard that somewhere along the way. I don't know that any of my sponsors actually told me that, but I, I picked it up somewhere. Yeah, and that's been a part of something I think I've picked up probably through Buddhist teachings and meditation. It's like I don't always need to just say whatever I think without thinking about what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, yeah. And that was probably the first time I considered like how, you know, like in recovery, how to treat speech. Maybe before that, though, um, do you guys remember the book, The Four Agreements? Did, did either of you read that one? Never read that. I have not read it. I actually uh, read the dude's son's book. Okay. The Five Levels of Attachment. Oh, that does sound interesting. I'll have mm. to check that one out. The Four Agreements. I read that one. Actually, I probably, I think I read that one in my drinking days, like, because I was probably seeking some kind of spiritual balance, though I didn't really have those words for it. But in The Four Agreements, one of his strong suggestions was impeccable speech. And then that came up in recovery <laughs> circles, too. That that just reminds me of that meme where like it's just like uh, some Asian sign above a urinal that's like <laughs> pee impeccably or something like that. <laughs> pee with precision and grace. I, I don't know why that comes to my head. I look at too many memes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess so. That 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 was a lingering thing in my head about impeccable speech. I mean, communications interested me for a long time, but not until I got into a Buddhist recovery program did I start. Um, learning like kind of rules around speech that would make for a better life i guess we'll put it so um feel free to jump in if you have any questions uh, i'm just stuck on the four agreements while you were drinking i'm like yeah. <laughs> agreement number right. one uh beer before liquor or something yeah. <laughs> uh so. yeah i don't know it was a short book like i definitely was not a big reader in my drinking days i used to be before i was a big drinker and then reading kind of fell the wayside but this book was small and i think i i took it in in like a day and then went back to drinking Re reading <laughs> reading got in the way of my drinking right. but uh i guess that's a small book so i i got Can that you read one drunk is that a thing <laughs> no Do people read drunk no you can't <laughs> do people even try i think it makes me dizzy just thinking about it uh, i get bored pass out mind wanders like <laughs> i used to be a really big reader in high school and then that's what happens to me when I read now. I get bored, <laughs> fall asleep, <laughs> mind wanders. <laughs> Just don't teach this concept too well because I feel like most of my speech isn't wise speech and I'm okay with it, so I don't want to get too wise. <laughs> yeah, this whole podcast is not wise speech. <laughs> um, and I am I am not perfect. Like, I, you know, what I'm going to tell you, what I've learned about Buddhism and wise speech. You're like, not perfect. I don't, yeah, believe yeah, it or just not. Leave. Yeah. Just leave now. Bye, guys. The only Good reason we you. had you on okay. here. <laughs> Um, so, uh, where were we? Okay. So first of all, I am not an official Buddhist teacher. I am just like a Buddhist aficionado. Like everything I know about Buddhism, I've learned from like refuge recovery and recovery Dharma. I've watched podcasts. I mean, I've watched YouTube and podcasts, uh, like Tara Brock, Jack Cornfield, um, and Doug Secular Dharma. I have to give a shout out to him. He's taught me a lot about Buddhism. So I'm not any kind of certified Buddhist teacher. I'm just going to tell you guys what I've learned. 
This is so judgy of me, but you said those two names, and I was like, oh, white people Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they'll call it that, too. They know. Yeah. But they're trying to do better. They're trying. Does that, does that like, clarification of that you're not a Buddhist teacher, does that come from, like, a, a self-worth kind of thing? Like, I better clarify I'm not good enough before I start. Hmm. Maybe it's a disclaimer, as mm. if, like, hey, if I get it wrong, go easy on me. Ah. Don't you think anybody who's well-versed enough to know you got it wrong would go easy on you because they have wise speech? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Old habits die hard. I don't know. I know. I'm, I'm therapizing our podcast. <laughs> um, where were we? Okay. So I'm going to start with, in Buddhism, there's the eightfold path, and wise speech is one of the folds, we'll say. So a quick rundown of the eightfold path. It's um, wise intention and wise understanding. That's the wisdom section. Wise intention and wise understanding. That's in the wisdom section. Okay. Don't get too hung up there. Hold on. I'm just thinking. The next section is the ethics section. That's wise speech, wise action, and wise livelihood. Ethics. Mm. And then finally is the mind section, wise effort, wise meditation, wise concentration. So that's a quick rundown of the Eightfold Path. Now we'll go back to wise speech, which is in the ethics. I, I got so many questions. Like, why is it folds? Why is it eight folds? <laughs> I don't know. I is don't, it like laundry? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Is it a question. laundry list? I, I guess it's the just kind of like the language of the era. Mm. You know, it's often represented by a wheel, eight spokes in a wheel. That's not folds. I don't know. Right. So The eight spoke path. The eight spoke path. Not that doesn't sound really good either. Flowy. Maybe because yeah. they're overlapping. Like you can't have one without the other. It's true. That's... That's true. Maybe because it's they work. It's, they work together all the time. They're not it's warm and fuzzy like laundry. Like when you take it out of the dryer <laughs> oh, and you fold it, it's like ah. Oh, that's exactly eight it. Fold that's what they were thinking. It's so warm. With a little, what? little scent know, of a breeze uh, to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Use dryer sheets. <laughs> um, oh, I thought we all knew dryer sheets were made up, and they don't. You really need them. Um, the the wise thing, like the wise, is in front of all those folds. Like the wise folds. Uh, it just seems so subjective. Like, who's judging the wise, right? Because you got the wise people you on are. Facebook Do yelling that, you, you know, the fake news and sheeple and all that. They they think they're wise, and then the people following the scientists think they're wise, and like, that's very like it just leaves a lot of room for. Well, you're debate. not judging somebody else. It's your actions. It's your right. own. Do your best. Use your best wisdom with these. Ooh, that sounds dangerous in our world. <laughs> Do you want everybody to follow the rules, Billy, or to follow their own wisdom? I'm a rule follower, so I like people that follow the rules. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I trust everybody following their own <laughs> wisdom, but that might not be wise speech <laughs> with me to put people down like that. All right, sorry. Well, ideally, they're cultivating a nice inner self so that they are doing well. I have a feeling this idea of all these wises, the different ones in the, the path, None of them are specifically about like a, a rule or a right or a wrong. They're probably all more focused on like what's kind and loving and treating other people nicely, not what's right or wrong or what you're owed or who did you wrong. And, you know, they're not supposed to lose an eye because they took your eye or like it's not about that. It's like, how can you be good? Yeah, it really is. It's just intuitively like, hey, what's the kindest, least harmful way? So when I do break down the rules, because Buddhism has, I guess they're not, they're guidelines. They're not rules. The Buddha's like, hey, if you want less suffering, follow these guidelines. I wonder if it should be like kind instead of wise, like kind speech, Well, kind I, intention. Similar to you, I, I try to not think of wise as in smart, but like the wise is more of you should be like thoughtful in what you do. You should Ooh. not just... Be reactive, but you should like think before you do these things and actually like try to incorporate them into your life, not so, just do whatever you feel like all the time. So maybe the the wise is also a hangover like fold. Like maybe it's just, <laughs> right, a, it's word just a word from <laughs> another era where like thoughtful is more the interpretation right. of it. Like that makes more sense. And you can't use mindful because that's way overused. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, that's, um, that's why people Buddhism too. <laughs> and so sometimes instead of wise, they say right. Ugh, they I say like that right speech. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going with Billy on this. One. I like thoughtful. That makes more sense. Thoughtful. Well, I th I think what they're trying to indicate is, you know, it's like the, your highest self. Like, so it's all like using your intelligence, your kindness, your um, 
all, all the best of you put into that. Mm-hmm. So it's incorporating the best of you, noblest of yeah, you. Yeah, it's a Foo Fighters song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> I've held us up um, long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to this wise stuff. So, um, wise speech, so, is, uh, like, an, is, is, um, part of the Eightfold Path. And now, when you work the Eightfold Path, it's not like 12 steps where you do them in order. You'll learn them in a certain order. But when you, like, work them, you kind of do them all at once. I know that sounds intimidating, but some situations call for a little of this, a little of that. So, you know, like, you know, when you're communicating with uh, your boss, you want to use wise speech and, like, wise effort, you know, or hmm. you you combine the different aspects of the Eightfold Path as the situation needs it. You know, like, you're going to choose – you. well, you know, it all starts with intention. Let me go back to that. Intention, especially with speech, if you set out the intention, you're like, I want to do my best and I want to speak – uh, you know, from my highest self, that's where it begins. And wise intention is like the first one you learn in the Eightfold Path, at least in the ways I've learned Buddhism. Is that the first in the list? It is. Yeah, it's the first in the list. And that's wise how I've learned intention. it, like with Recovery Dharma and Refuge. And you start with intention. Like, what's your intention? So that's like a foundational principle. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not honesty. I feel like in 12-step, honesty is like that first foundational principle, which we just talked about recently. Yeah, that's a good one. But I, I feel like intention comes even maybe before that, or maybe intention is a part of honesty, like that self-honesty piece. Could we compare to the word willingness that they throw around in 12 steps? Do you think intention is willingness? I don't think of intention as willingness. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you did say the, the thing about like you kind of work all these at once, but I, I feel like even though the steps are laid out to work in a certain order one at a time, we commonly hear in, in a meeting or not like you live these long before you work them or understand them or yeah. any of that. Like you do start applying them even before, especially when you start trying to apologize in your first week. <laughs> that's, that's true. And I've heard, you know, like oh, every, every day I wake up and do the first three steps. Like people do the 12 steps every day, you know? Mm. So, so yeah, I, intention. I, I don't know if that has an equivalent in, in our yeah, spiritual I principles. Too. I can't think of an equivalent. I mean, I feel like it involves some of them, though. Like, you need the self-honesty of the intention that you're setting, right? Like, what is my intention going into this situation? Is it to get over on somebody or is it to really help somebody else? Like, so you need some some of our principles to get the intention, but I don't know that we have a... Well, and funny enough, I, when I think of intention immediately in recovery, what I think back to is, like, people don't shouldn't judge you by your intentions they judge you by your actions like i'm not judged by my intentions and where that for me comes from is i've heard it sort of explained that like when i was using i wasn't like it wasn't like yeah i'm gonna go steal from my family so that i can get more drugs and do all this stuff it was like i did it i'm like man that was terrible or when i said i was going to show up for somebody's birthday party or get somebody a present or do any of those things my intention was to do those things my actions never followed up with that Mm. intention so my intention meant nothing you know my intention is worthless because my action didn't represent my intention yeah and i've kind of heard that too that similar idea like when we're in active use you know we think people are going to judge us by our intentions but they don't because they never see them they only see the actions that don't follow the intentions that yeah. aren't good but then you know the idea of recovery is to live more in line with our intentions because that's what people are judging is the action part of it but I, and and i'm sure you know this probably starts as like a get to know the intention and then be able to follow it like that's probably the rest of the seven folds is the ways to actually live in that intention. But that, yeah, we need a new step. We need step 0.5. Well, I don't think Buddhists (laughs) approach life from the standpoint of like, you're totally fucked up mess piece of shit. You need to reevaluate your life, you know? And when we come into recovery, that's what we're coming in with. Like we're coming in with, you're totally screwed up in a fucking mess. So you need to just sit down and shut up and listen to us. Well, and that's, I, you know, I know we like to say that this is a spiritual, not religious program, but really like our whole Western society is based around Christianity. Oh, for sure. And Christianity's beliefs are people are fucking sinners at heart. And if you don't do something about that, you're just a piece of shit. Like right. you've got to do something and, you know, get your Jesus or whatever it is to, to get better because at, at your core, you're bad. 
Like, that's where Christianity starts is you're bad and this is going to make you better. And like, I don't, I agree. I think Buddhism and other philosophies are like, oh no, we're, we're good. We just need to find ways to be that. Well, I guess it's some, in some respects, it is important that our intentions are good. Cause if my intentions all along are to like, steal from people and hurt the people that I love, then I got no hope of changing that behavior. Like, if right. that's my intention from the fucking get-go, you know, then we're really in trouble. Step point five, we realized our intention sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the Buddhists do believe that you are good on the inside. So, yeah. you know, yeah. when sick people come in to the program, you know, like, it's like, well, this person is uh, consumed by greed, hatred, and delusion right now. So, you know, using compassion and kindness and patience help them get well it's like therapy yes yeah I, yeah buddhism and therapy go good together i don't want to take us too far off track but like this is kind of the debate in america right now right i, I feel like one side of the the people feel like people are bad to begin with right and they're like no we can't give out uh child stimulus credits permanently because people will spend them on drugs and not go to work right like like that's the argument right like or we can't give out this money we got to drug test people because we just know they're gonna they're fucking stealing from our taxes like and then the other half is like well we just want to give these people the benefit of the doubt and give them some money so that they can try to not be poor right so it's very much this this kind of debate in our world today of do we can and and i think that holdover of people are bad to begin with and we should always come from that angle that's very much a christian belief and it's it's weird when you think of christianity and all this love and peace and joy and shit but like what you realize is no it's a judgmental you know i think people start as being bad and we should protect ourselves from that i'm like well, I, I mean my experience with christianity is that's been the difference of the versions that have appealed to me over the years versus the ones that haven't like i was raised in that catholic very judgy you're a sinner kind of way and that pushed me away from a relationship with god or anything and at other times i've been involved with churches or and organized christian religions that do focus way more on the love side of things and way less on the judgy kind of thing so if you look, you can find it, but you're right. In in common, it seems like, yeah. especially the older ones, like the older the religion, it's more the newer non-denominational, non-secular ones that seem to be more focused on like the loving aspects. Well, and, and I don't want to be taken wrong here. I'm not saying that Christians are bad people or, or that that's their focus, but I think Christianity as a religion has is based on the idea of original sin and you're born with it and you have to do these things to not be bad. Like, it, it's not that I'm saying that everybody who practices Christianity thinks that way or wants to hate people or any of that. Like, it's just that it's now ingrained in our society and our pop culture beliefs. Like, it, it's a very ingrained mm. idea that people start Yeah, almost bad. subliminally. Like, yeah, it's yeah. An it's an undertone or whatever. Right, exactly. I, yeah, it's not that I think that practicing Christians are, you know, necessarily consciously operate from that. But I do think it is so in our, our fiber right now. Of like, this is what we believe. Yeah. And, and it's funny, sucks. I find myself saying that kind of stuff to people all the time, like, and not for Buddhist reasons, but just in general, I believe most people are good. Most people want to do the right things. Most people don't want to cause harm in the lives of others. And so I try to approach people that way. I mean, that sounds like wise speech, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jenny. <Very> wise. <laughs> Let's go back to the, the wise speech. Okay. So, um, let me include here, um, in Buddhism, they have the precepts. Have you heard of that? So these are, I guess these will be in comparison to like the 12 commandments, but in Buddhism, they have the five precepts, bare minimum. Oh, there's only five. That sounds well, way actually, more doable hold on than now. 12. <laughs> and, um, other sections of Buddhism have like up to 36, oh. but f these five are usually across the board in all the different varieties of Buddhism. And the five are no killing, no stealing, no sexual misconduct, no lying. That's the speech one. And no intoxicants. Um, no lying. The Buddha was very firm about honesty. And I guess that's where you can tie it into the 12 steps. The Buddha was very firm. Like, yes, you should always be honest, bare minimum. Huh? So that's part of the five precepts. Well, of have, we need to have him on our honesty episode because we just decided <laughs> that was not the case. Yeah. We decided it's not great all the time. I'm argue oh, with Buddha now. I'll have to re-listen to that one. I'm sure I heard it. Uh, um, we'll uh, have honesty it's a part new one. two. Okay. It, it is honesty part two. We just recorded it. All right. Well, maybe I'll be around for honesty part three and can speak up for the Buddha. <laughs> there you go. Uh, or we get somebody who knows more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you'll take the test and tell us okay. what Buddha would have done. All right. Channel my inner Buddha. 
<laughs> we all have a Buddha inside. Um, that sounds like it's sexual misconduct. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> it's it's a very, I tell you, this tells you what I think of myself. Every time she says uh, no sexual misconduct as a Buddhist precept, like I think she said that on another episode, I was like, Who's judging this sexual misconduct? <laughs> right. What is sexual like, misconduct? I don't know if I agree with this one. This, all the rest of them sound good. No killing, sure. No sexual misconduct? I don't know. I might be one of the, I might be a little misconducty. <laughs> anyway, so why is wise speech important to recovery? Yes. Um, I'm sure all three of us have a ton of stories of how we have lied, manipulated to get what we want. Um but then also like that's just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this includes why speech includes all the ways we community communicate, especially, you know, these days, texting, uh, social media, emails. So it's not just speaking. It's all the ways we communicate. And we should include listening too. all the things we take in, all the information we take in. Um, oh, my God. I lied. <laughs> Friday. Okay, let's hear about it. So I was supposed to go hang out with my buddy. We had planned it a couple weeks ago. Oh my God, you're going to confess this, right? I on am. Air? Jack, I'm sorry already if you're listening. Um, we were supposed to hang out. I was looking forward to it. We were supposed to hang out right after Christmas, but then he had to work. And then we planned this next hangout. And then we didn't, my wife and I did not ever get my daughter's basketball games on our calendar. And I, so she had a game at six o'clock and I didn't realize it. Um, so I was feeling ill all week. And then Thursday, I felt really ill. I left work. I went and got a COVID test. Negative. Yay. Um, so Friday came. Well, I told him Thursday night. I was like, man, I don't know. I'm not feeling so hot. You know, uh, we'll I'll have to see tomorrow. So then Friday came and I had missed my daughter's basketball game Thursday night because I didn't feel well. And then she had one Friday and I felt like I was supposed to be there. Now, I did feel better Friday. I felt like it was more complicated and sounded more like a lie if I said, hey, I do feel better, but I realized my daughter has a basketball game that I didn't know about and I can't make it. I felt like it was less lie sounding if I just stuck with not feeling well. And I didn't want him to think I was lying to him, which is sad because I think he trusts me. But I was like, this just sounds <laughs> like no too more. much to explain through text to say that I, I do feel a little better, but. So, like, if my daughter didn't have a basketball game, I would have went and hung out. It was really my daughter's basketball game that held me up, right? I felt good enough that I would have went and hung out Friday night. But I just went with, I'm still not feeling good. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. Sorry, Jack. Hmm. That's not the truth. That's weird, though. I felt like the truth sounded more like a lie, and I was worried about it. <laughs> you really overthink that one. Yeah. I probably did. Daddy excuses always win. So, you just say, got to hang out with my daughter. Nobody can argue with that. I know. But, uh, yeah. It just, it didn't. Mm -hmm. After I, like, if I had never said I felt sick, I could have said that. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's a lot about practice, too. Wise speech is a lot about practice and <sighs> being compassionate with yourself. So mm. I would say don't beat yourself up too much about this, but maybe try better next time. Yeah. Okay. No lie. <laughs> Until it makes sense again. <laughs> so um, in, our, uh, in our addiction, too, we caused uh, harm. We said some mean shit. Who's, who here said mean shit to their partner? Well, you didn't You didn't have a wife when you were in active addiction. Me neither. Oh, man, I was drunk with a husband. I said some mean shit. I, I can't believe you now, stayed with now, me. Right? <laughs> I don't have to be drunk. Wait, really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. You my don't ever kids, say mean shit to your husband? You guys shit to my kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't say mean shit to your husband now? I don't, let's call him up. I don't think so. I, I try not to oh. harm him, or, you know. What do you consider mean shit? Well, when I was drunk, I'm not even, it's too embarrassing. I'm not going to tell you that stuff, but. Yeah. I, um, I don't even have to ask that, honestly. Yeah. I, I know I say mean shit now. <laughs> right. I don't have to compare. Now, James I, I and I are really, we we really do talk nicely to each other. I'm not saying we don't get mad every once in a while. That's where the honesty piece try. comes into problem. Sometimes the honesty can be mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't want to live that way. Like. Yeah, my, my dad and stepmom, they used to always argue, and it was so uncomfortable to go over there. I just don't want to live that way. Yeah, me and my wife don't argue a lot. I mean, it's really pretty rare. I'm a walk-awayer. I'm not an arguer. <laughs> Depends on when you catch me. Well, especially now in recovery, like, I have the, like, the language and the practice to be like, hey, you know what? I'm getting a little worked up. Can we just take five? And I'll, I'll do that, you know. But things are pretty chummy. Okay. 
I hope. So I we, we said mean shit to our partners. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And, um, and other people, I mean, like other people, like I did awful shit in the bar, like, you know, and I, we, we would, you know, pull pranks and lie and, you know, we were just fucking bullies, you know, it was terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Not in the bar, but on the street corner. There yeah. was definitely a lot of lying and manipulating. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I was, once you're in that game, I'm just, you know, you also become a victim of it. I mean, and that's the karma part. Once you, you know, if you're going to live that life, it will come back to you. You know, the same way you treat people is how you get treated. And Anyway, um, uh, something else to consider with wise speech is how you talk to others is a practice and how you talk to yourself. So your inner voice, how you talk to yourself is how you talk to other people, you know, and how you talk to other people is probably how you talk to yourself. So when I'm being a shit to other people, chances are my inner language is also pretty shitty. Phone? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if you're saying it works in a specific order, but I definitely use that as a tool in therapy when people talk about like being judgmental of others. That's like, oh, well, let's look at that because that's exactly how you're judging you too. Yes, <laughs> right. yes. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, they're definitely related. Yeah. Um. You know, as a practice. Now, in another episode, we talked about the inner critic, Sharon, my, <laughs> my inner critic, who was not who was Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we had to get, I had to get like a better language in my head and, um, it's, you know, it started with like, it was back and forth. I wouldn't say there was an order, but the kinder I spoke to myself when I caught myself speaking unkindly to me, I, you know, I would correct that. And then I found myself being more patient and considerate with other people in my life who were frustrating and it was back and forth and, you know, it, it kept elevating and now it's pretty good. So all the angry people we see in Facebook comments really just hate themselves? probably yeah yeah Yeah, they're probably pretty unhappy that's what i think yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean that's how bullies are they're probably bullied at home so you know they have a shitty life at home so they project it out to kids coworkers, you know people to bus stop whatever i think that's a good way to get people to feel compassionate for bullies but i don't know that i think that's true (laughs) i don't think that every bully has a terrible life and that's why they're mean to other people oh but i do though i do Mm. believe that yeah i I kind of believe that too i ooze with like i err on the side of compassion sometimes it's bad like i feel bad for the worst people (laughs) Uh, well we should i don't think that we shouldn't but i'm just saying i I think that is a rationalization to help us feel compassionate towards them like you can still like if someone's hurting other people they're probably still angry or hurt for some reason but it may not be the severe abuse that they're suffering at home. It could have just been they didn't get the Xbox they wanted, so they're going to go to school and punch some kid who's smaller than them. (laughs) It's weird. We're in different places with that. Like, you don't believe it's true. You believe it's true and treat them with compassion. And I believe it's true, but I, like, want to hit them with the fucking compassion stick. (laughs) Like, a really hard compassion stick. Like, I will bully you into fucking being nicer, guys. Like the Zen people do. (laughs) Well, I I guess where I'm coming from is, does it really matter? Like, I should be compassionate towards those people no matter what the reason is. I don't need to make a story up for why I think they're the way they are. That doesn't really matter. What matters is how am I treating them. And, you know, I can still be compassionate towards them despite whatever narrative I tell myself in my head of why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. That's a waste of thought. I mean, I, I don't know if you've all seen all the Marvel movies or whatever. That's my world. <laughs> but like when you think of a, a guy like Thanos as the villain who wants to wipe out half of the universe because there's not enough resources for everybody and it's going to get bad. Like understanding his backstory is what makes you feel like, oh, I, I do kind of get that. If he was just a guy who was like, no, nope, I just want to kill half the fucking people because fuck them. Right. Like. I don't feel any attachment to him now. Now he's just a piece of shit. So I don't know. I don't know that I can have compassion without understanding that there's something that happened that kind of created this person in the way they are. But if you don't ask them, you don't know. You're just making up a story. Well, I don't necessarily make up a story about any great tragedy or anything. I just, to me, uh, it's like a, a flower that you plant in your you know, house, like, even though 10 years later, you know, it's blooming, it's beautiful, it's green, whatever. I don't know that someone watered it and nurtured it and put it in sunlight, but I do know that something happened to get it to be a beautiful, you know, thriving plant 10 years later. Like, I don't have to necessarily make up the specific story, but I I know things don't just happen, right? Like, I do know there is a story. There's something that led them there. It doesn't necessarily matter what, 
but something led them to be this person. Like it didn't just, they weren't, they didn't come out of the womb, like smacking their mother, like, bitch, give me that fucking milk. Like, I don't think that happens like that. I, I think there's always a story. I think people are too varied to say that that's true. I think there are some people that are just bad. Not most, but mm, some yeah, I are. I don't know. I and think. I guess my point is, I don't think it matters. Like, I still can be compassionate towards people despite why they do what they do. Why would I be compassionate to a bad person? I don't think people are just bad. I don't either. This is my na- Maybe this is my naivete. Like, I just, I think everybody's good. Just well, all something people happened to aren't them. everything. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's right. not everything. Like, there, yeah. there are people that are born with whatever mental health defects or whatever that they just don't have certain sociopaths and psychopaths and all those those are things that exist well, that's that their are story. independent of surroundings yeah, isn't that nature? that's their story though that's what happened to them they sociopaths were born come with from mental health issues or brains that don't operate right like there's some story is what i'm getting at there's something that they didn't i mean i guess in that sense they did just come out that way but that's yeah, still their story nature to me <laughs> yeah i think i nature said that wrong, makes though. bad things sometimes yeah. yeah, my bad. I think I said it the wrong. So sociopaths come from poor nurturing, not nature. They're not born sociopaths. It comes from how they were brought uh, up. No, I said that backwards. There's no official. No? no okay. No. I thought, I'm not sure. I've just been working on this area of my life, So in and it's in my meditation and stuff like that. Like, I run through life telling myself a lot of stories about why a lot of things are and why this is that way. And, and like, for me, that's not really the the point of how I want to live. I want to live just being open to the situation that's in front of me and just reacting in the best self that I am, not trying to make up stories and excuses for why these people do that or why I do this or, you know, it's like that underlying narrative telling myself all these stories in my head is a, like, that's caught up in my own self-centeredness. So I'm trying to well, get away from that. I mean, I think as humans, we are storytelling, meaning-making people. That's what our brains do. And usually it is after the fact of something happening. And so it kind of doesn't really help changing it or our understanding of it. So I, I agree necessarily not to put too much stock in the, the exact story. But I think for me, I have to believe that there is a story that, a person ended up not being the kindest, gentlest, nicest, erring on the side of humanity person. Like, if I just believe that, oh, you know, it's possible they woke up one day and were like, eh, fuck people, I hate them. Like, I can't like that person anymore. I can't have compassion for them. If that's just a true decision, if I believe that and that there's no story, yeah, I don't. Then it's hard to have the compassion. Yeah. Hmm. Impossible, really. Like, Like, I yeah, I'm really thinking about where you're coming from, Billy. And for me, at this point, I probably could meditate on it more. But like, it, that would be too bypassy. Like, just to be like, okay, everybody's fine. For some reason, there's something about me. I do have to put some kind of story behind it. You know, even if I don't know the story, I can be like, well, I can imagine it might be this, and that's why they got there. Well, I if can't... I relate, I'm oh, sorry, I don't have to get okay. So if I, if I related it back to addiction, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, addiction, same. I think a lot of people say a similar thing. Like nobody is just an addict for no reason. It's usually some trauma or something. It's born out of somewhere, and that. I mean, I don't know that I would disagree with that, but that trauma can be. In some cases, what I would consider so minor, they were slighted by a parent or treated a little differently than another sibling. And it's like, that's fucking not really trauma. But to that person, it was traumatic, you know? And so for me, the reason why people are addicts is not as important as what they are and what I can do for them now, I guess. Just treating them with respect. That's Correct. the bottom line. Just going to treat you with respect. Don't care about the story. Right. Well, and if you, if you hear Gabor Mate talk, like his point is to change the question from why are you like this to what happened to you in your story that this is what's going on now right and and not that part of that can't be the genetics you were born with but it's more moving away from the shame-based question of why are you like this right because people like if i'm feeling really depressed and i can't get out of it and i can't do these things i want to do in my life saying why am i like this is a shame-based question it's like what the fuck is wrong with me whereas what happened to me that i've gotten here that's more of a curiosity and exploration question where we can move into like starting to have compassion for ourselves and i guess that's 
where I'm coming from is like I, I need to un- believe that there's some story, even if that's genetics, even if that's you were born this way and you can't help it. Like there's some story that makes you today make sense and makes it not your fault. That's my goal. I don't want to. If it's somebody's fault, then I fucking hate them. Gotcha. Yeah, if you're that makes a shitty sense. person because it's your fault, then that we got issues. But I don't believe that that exists personally. Hmm. I just, I guess I do. <laughs> I believe that okay. exists. <laughs> but, it, and then I guess for me, it doesn't, like, I shouldn't change the way I treat that person because I believe that exists. You know Ooh. what I mean? Like, for me, I, and I'm not saying I do, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect by any means. But my general philosophy is that I should treat that person the same no matter what. I mean, because, even if, if, okay, if I know someone's a drug addict and they suffered all this trauma and abuse and neglect and everything else, doesn't necessarily mean I'm inviting them into my house to sleep on my couch because they'll still steal all my shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's getting way off of yeah. probably why I speak. Yeah, I don't so. know where the hell are. <laughs> This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Back to speaking wisely, yeah. thoughtfully. My speech. No, it was, it was a good sidetrack. <laughs> Back to speech. Important too is observe how you are speaking and the reaction to it. So when you speak, I'll give you some guidelines in a little bit. When you when you speak, when you speak honestly, when you are speaking helpful and beneficial with kindness, um, when you're considering your audience so that you're clear um, and the timing is good, you know you'll observe a good reaction to that. You'll, res- you'll, you'll see that it was good for you, good for your audience, your listener, whatever. But when you don't follow those guidelines from the Buddha, you'll observe that it's bad. So it's, you get that instant reward. And I know a lot of people are like, God, do we have to do this every single time? And, um, well, kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> until you get, you get practice, you know, like slow down, pay attention to what you're doing and then observe when you, when you do things right, you get a good reaction when you do things poorly. Oh, not so much, but always be kind to yourself and just try to do better next time. And that's the practice of why speech. What's a good reaction? Like from the people you're talking to? Yeah. I mean, with? like, so if it was, was it beneficial to them? Did you, did you guys move forward? Are you still feeling at peace and, you know, like not negative, I guess. So how can you always be honest and still like, I feel like people's reactions to honesty aren't necessarily positive all the time like that can hurt it's people. tricky yeah yeah <laughs> it's tricky um i wish i had an example off the top of my head but like yeah so it's like your wife is like how do i look you know and you're like, whatever it's like maybe not your favorite dress or something you know how would you do that positively could be like you know i like the purple one better i don't know you know like if you just you know baby always look beautiful you know something like that you know well, I don't know. <laughs> I, well, part of it, I think, comes back to uh, I, I'm going to use listening, but it's not even maybe listening as much as like observing how the people like paying attention to how the people are receiving what you're saying or how they're reacting to what you're saying, I think, matters in that context, because like Jason and I can disagree on stuff and we'll sit here and talk and we'll kind of go back and forth. But I don't ever particularly feel insulted and i don't think he does but i can have some of those same conversations with my wife and she very much gets really pissed at me (laughs) she feels like i'm being angry and argumentative and you know what i mean so uh i feel like paying attention to how the person i'm talking to is reacting to what i'm saying is important totally and the timing too so what if you get home and you want to talk to jen about the same things we talked about today but she's got other things on her mind work kids whatever and you're trying to explain to her about this wise speech discussion (laughs) 
And, you know, if she's not in the time and space for it, yeah, it's going to come out all wrong. She's not going to hear the message. So you have to consider all those things. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Speech. I'm like on the other end of this, I think. I, I Not that I think being in tune with the people around you and that you're talking to isn't useful at times, but I don't want to base whether I'm succeeding at wise speech or, or my intentions by other people's reactions. Cause I feel like people's, this is kind of goes back to the idea that I, I used to believe that there was this one right way I could act and live that no one around me would be offended or hurt by. And I don't believe that to be true anymore. Like it, I can do all the right things in my life and somebody is still not happy with them. Like, that's just reality. Like, when I'm doing the right thing for my wife, it might be a kid that's not happy. Or when I'm doing the right thing as a parent, my kid's definitely not happy. And when I'm doing the right thing for me, my wife's not always happy. Like, somebody's always upset by my right thing. And so that's, I, like, I don't want to judge my rightness or, or what I'm doing or how well I'm doing it by other people's reactions at all. Yeah, and this is maybe slightly different than some of that. But, like, I had a situation at work on, I think it was Friday, with... One of the guys that I work with is uh, very, I don't know which denomination, but definitely old school Christian, like, you know, hardcore. And he was talking about, he lives over in New Jersey and was talking about, you know, the crime rate over there and stealing people's cars. And he's saying stuff like, you know, we need to go back to the days when if people stole things, we just cut their hands off and things like that. And I'm like, and I want to go. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, that is not a way that people live nowadays. Like, we've learned that, one, that doesn't really fix the problems anyway. It never did. Punishment doesn't fix problems. And secondly, like, who wants it? Is that a fair punishment for stealing something to cut their hand off? Like, but the the point is, like, I start to get riled up and I start to want to say something. And then I like to think my unintentional wise speech brain kicks in and says is anything i'm gonna say gonna make any difference to this person and is he do i really feel it necessary to try to change his beliefs or get into some what i'm going to consider and this is probably judgy to say but a waste of my fucking energy and thought to get into some philosophical debate with someone that i think is completely irrational you know so I just refrained and said, well, if you really want to deal with a lot of these problems, if you address poverty, you would see that a lot of these problems would reduce on their own. And then I just left it at that. <laughs> Who's, uh, whose taxes pay for all these handless people that <laughs> right. can't work anymore? <laughs> no, they can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just it was ridiculous comments. And, you know, it's like, do I really is that is it going to be worth my energy to start engaging in that round of conversation? That is wise. You know, I think you handled it wisely. But if you really thought this man was going to go start chopping off hands and you didn't say something, then that would be not wise speech. Like if you really thought he was going to go literally chop off people's hands, you it is important for you to say something. But, you know, this guy's yeah, just well, kind yeah, of blowing not, off steam yeah. and uh, trying to make something colorful or whatever, draw attention to himself. Right. So. I'm Same just trying to picture if we could learn to steal with our feet. <laughs> Is that what would happen? We'd evolve to have like feet thieves. I've seen those people type on keyboards and shit with their feet. Yeah, maybe they'll be crypto thieves. <laughs> yeah, right. So moving on with wise speech, um, it's important to refrain from false speech, divisive speech. Do you know what divisive means? Mm, I do but why don't you tell us more about it okay because that is a weird word but they always say it in buddhism i had to like kind of get some clarity on that but divisive is dividing so to me i always picture like the politician who's like uh what in their speech is like putting down a certain section of society or you know that's how i think of also divisive speech. mentality yeah, yeah yeah anything that separates the buddha was not down with um harsh speech and idle chatter let's talk about idle chatter so idle chatter is like gossip small talk that kind of stuff. But listen, so hear this me podcast? out though. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But there is a difference <laughs> between small life. talk and connection talk. So like say huh. you're in a, you're in a workspace with somebody and um you might indulge in quote unquote idle chatter because you need to connect with this person. If you're gonna work together, um it'd be nice to know a little bit about them or be like, Hey, you see the sports game, you know, or whatever. So catch them shitty Bengals winning yesterday. I was upset about that too. Fuckers. Anyway, good job connecting you two. Um, and uh, why speech? So um, I have a gossip story to tell you. Um, 
so when I first started down the Buddhist path, so I have I have um, these three really good girlfriends, and we get together as often as we can, which isn't very often these days, but like coffee or whatever. And our old practice used to be we would gossip a lot, like it just mm-hmm. that's how us moms were, you know. And uh, when I started Guys on, at work, do that too. So do, it's not just moms. Yeah. So when I started exploring Buddhist recovery, and they were excited for me, they they're great cheerleaders for my recovery, and. Um, I said, hey, one of the rules is um, wise speech, which includes gossip. So, you know, we gossip a lot. I'm going to have to cut that out. And the girls were like, yeah, I think I think we should just let that go. And they were all like in agreement, like, yeah. And now our conversations have so much more depth, like because we remove that. Like if we catch ourselves gossiping, we're like, eh, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Now our conversations honestly have filled in with much more meaningful stuff. Like mm. when we took gossip out. We just, we have better conversations. Um, That's not how I saw that going. Yeah, I thought you were going to say they stopped coming over. (laughs) Right. No, no. Like, um, they said they were, that was a good idea, and then they went and gossiped about me. Right. (laughs) Their own group talking about me. Yeah, they were in like chat group, and I'm not part of. Yeah. Can you believe that Jenny doesn't want to gossip anymore? What the fuck is wrong with her? So, and again, not for the specific purpose of why speech, but I've noticed that about myself. Like, I, and we talked about some of this on the podcast at one time too is like at work when i'm talking to other like talking to other supervisors about other employees and how to do that in a way that's beneficial versus a way that's just gossiping about oh so and so did this or this person did that or what a pain in the ass you know and i try to stop because it makes me feel like i don't like that part about myself there's a underlying like that's not the way that i want to be i don't want people to talk that way about me when i'm not around so why am i talking about them when i'm around you know yeah definitely like when people gossip if if i'm partaking and i hear gossip and i i know that when i'm not there then it's me like you know that's just how they are so but so i they usually choose friends that don't do that you know it's a real hardship around uh this one this is a challenge though um skipping ahead so i've you know, I live. Uh, I have neighbors who <laughs> engage in racist speech, and Oof, yeah, that's hard. It's hard. You know, if it's if it's really blatant, like somebody called uh, Obama the N word, and I was like, "Yo, we can't do that." You know, but <laughs> even if it's like that, that low key, like um, they'll mention somebody was black, like it has nothing to do with the conversation, but they'll like slide that in. I'm like, well, how is that important to the story? Like, what are you trying to convey here? But I don't say anything. I'm just like, Ugh, I hate where this is going. You know. Or um, and this is usually like with my neighbors, and so people I want to like keep the peace with don't want to like like ruffle feathers. So this is something I really have to work on: is like when do I speak up? How do I speak up compassionately? I usually just end up being silent, which is also kind of a like a crime, you know. Like I I should say something, but this is like I want to do better with this. Like I want to speak up more when there's like racist speech, but I just don't know how yet. Working on it. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. I mean, especially when you can feel in your environment outnumbered. Um, And it's like, how do I speak up without uh, attacking or, or, you know, alienating myself at the same time? Because to alienate me doesn't necessarily help, right? Like if I just make myself on the outside of the group, now I'm just another person they don't like and the group doesn't really change or shift and really, I think the goal is to help awaken people, you know, and you can't do that if you're the outsider as well. Right. Usually I do the old like, oh, look at the time. I got to go, you know, like kind of thing. And I just kind of excuse myself if things get like politics can get kind of heated or if I just feel like the conversation's going like kind of a racist way. I'm just like, got to go. Well, I've learned and this is maybe more of a tactical thing is. A lot of the typically a lot of what people are bringing up as quote unquote racist problems. We have those same exact problems here in Cecil County in predominantly white neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we have Winding Brook and Lakeside and, you know, these other what I'm going to call the bad areas of town. And it's all white people doing the same exact shit (laughs) as is happening in any of these other neighborhoods that may be more colorful. And I just try to bring that in some way into the conversation like oh yeah well i live in cecil county and we have that exact same problem and we don't 
we're like what 10 percent, you know right. minority in this community like it's we're predominantly white people you can go into some of these neighborhoods and see the exact same thing so i don't think race is a the big driver there and that's usually how i'll slip that stuff into mm. conversations you're quick. You think of things quick. I don't always have like the data. Well, like, I've worked handy. through it a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've felt the same way. Like I always feel uncomfortable with that. You know, it's it's an uncomfortable place to be. And this is a racist area. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's hot. getting better. Yeah. It's just I a hot conversation nationwide. Like it's a right. hot topic nationwide. And I just, you know, just trying to do better. You know, like if I can, if I'm going to do anything, I want to do it right. You know. So uh, something else, I'm just kind of jumping all around. I want to make sure I include everything. Using speech to ask for help too. So like someone in addiction, you know, if they were using wise speech, like we, we hid our addictions. We didn't ask for help. We didn't tell people we were suffering. But if we were using wise speech, if we were practicing that, we could have been like, oh my God, I'm hurting. Oh my God, I'm addicted. Oh my God, I can't stop. Like we're not using that. And if we're not being honest with ourselves, that makes it even harder, you know? So this is why why speech is important to recovery. What do you guys think about sarcasm? I love it. <laughs> Sarcasm's terrible. <laughs> yes. He says sarcastic. 90% of my communication <laughs> is sarcasm. Uh, I used to be a lot more sarcastic till I came to recovery. I've chilled out a lot. Um, some of it was so mean. I don't want to be mean anymore. I don't, is my sarcasm mean? Give us examples of mean sarcasm. Oh, I don't know. I guess like this, I'm out of practice, man. But like, you know, the subtle put down, I guess. Mm, I so, use that a lot with my kids. Yeah. At home, like, my uh, wife Nice is, job there. Ugh. Yeah, my wife has been a huge pusher of no sarcasm. Like, mean oh, what okay. you say and say what you mean. Like, you, you, yeah. this, you know, the no sarcasm with each other in the house, which mm. is hard because I'm saying I'm sarcastic a lot and she'll she'll bring it up so it's gotten better it, it's still prevalent at most <laughs> other areas of my life but not at home as much <laughs> i can imagine your workplace being kind of oh yeah. all the guys yeah. yeah i'm picturing like my kids making a sandwich and like botching the job all up and me being like why don't you spread the bread on the jelly <laughs> 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 doing great there son right. <laughs> like it, Maybe the, now's a good time to observe the reaction to that. Observe how you feel, how they feel. They usually laugh because it's like a it's it's They're not crying on the inside. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. might be, they might be, but it's. Daddy I guess, doesn't love me. I don't know if it's sarcasm or like this this tendency to find joy and humor in the absurd, right? There, like, okay, like there's the, that. Like I'll say a statement that's like so out there, and I, obviously we both know that's not what they were trying to do. But like it just, you know, it seems so ludicrous that it's like entertaining for us. That one is pretty ludicrous. And there is yeah. funny sarcasm, and then more sort of mean, like you said, like the, the yeah. put downs and stuff can be going back to my wise intention. It's it's a way for me to connect. Okay. I think. I hope that's, it's not painful the for truth. them. Yep. Like, yeah. but I I feel like it's a way for us to share in a moment of. Like, hi, you know, yeah. you didn't do it well. It's not a big deal, but let's make a joke about it. Hmm. So that might not even be sarcasm. It's like know. a little connection, dad, son, jab, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. When I get with old friends, like from New Jersey, I, I slip right into an old sarcastic, like, way of speaking. And I kind of have to, I get home and I see myself using it with my husband. I'm like, whoa, whoa, shake it off. Like, <laughs> I, I just picture that, that movie, uh, A League of Their Own, and John Lovitz is on, like, the platform with the they're about to go off to you know join the club and he's like see the way it works is the train moves not the station <laughs> and that's that's what i picture in my sarcasm every time <laughs> because the girl like did look confused about getting on the train or whatever and he was saying the train moves not the station and like that's the kind of thing i do with my kids i think <laughs> that's funny that's a good one <laughs> well i know it's sarcasm is definite like the main form of communication with a lot of the guys in my life definitely in my recovery circle it's very sarcastic and jokey and sort of put down ish and what's weird is i try not to do that a lot like there are opportunities i take my jabs and make my jokes but it's definitely something i'm like oh this is doesn't always feel good <laughs> yeah that's the observed part and then there's always the debate about white lies like what if you're white lying Oh, because we decided that was fine. You missed it. Yeah, oh, okay. Good. Yeah. We're good with it. <laughs> All right. 
Well, the Buddha would say rigid honesty. Um, and But when it comes to white lies, if it's like, just do the lesser of two evils. Like if um, telling your wife she didn't look nice, you know, I'm like, how do I look? And you're like, ugh. You know, like the lesser, of, if you tell her, yeah, you look great, babe. It's because otherwise you're going to make her feel terrible. You know, like if you, so. Your Cheeto binge is showing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, you know, pick the less, if you can't tell the truth, at least pick the lesser of the two that will cause harm. So that's probably where we came with the white lies. That's kind of was the idea behind why we thought, eh, maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe rigid odyssey isn't the way. Because if it's going to be more hurtful and less helpful in that moment to tell someone like a, a hard truth. I think the example they used was someone like going on stage for a speech. And do you want to tell them right before they walk out there? Like, that's a terrible speech. Like, you don't want to do that because then it just kills their confidence. And then they're going to walk out there and really bomb. So... You just say, oh, it's great. Go get them. Mm -hmm. you know? You're going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, that's kind of my wrap up. I don't know if you guys have any questions. Just to, So just set your intention, practice the best you can, and observe how it goes and see if you can do even better next time. Questions? Interestingly, like I pictured before you taught us about why speech that like the idea would have been more in line with what we came up with in our honesty conversation like this we came up with the idea that this well, we didn't come up with it but we <laughs> were reading about this idea that honesty is a virtue and virtues according to you know old greek philosophers aren't necessarily supposed to be one end or the other of the spectrum it's not like always lie or always be honest virtues are supposed to have a balance between two points and like going through the question list we did on our quiz on our honesty episode it was a lot about this idea of like no i should probably not be honest with my wife when she asked if she looks fat lately i should probably not you know tell my new mother-in-law that the sweater she just got me as a gift is hideous I, I should probably not tell people their speech sucks when they don't have time to change it like and, and i think there was a lot of concepts in there that led me to believe that that was probably wise speech like let me really think through my intentions here is what I'm saying going to be useful or helpful to this person? And let me really, you know, this idea of thoughtful speech, like what is going to, what result am I going to produce? Where I feel like you introduced it and, and it kind of follows that concept, but it also, you know, the Buddha's idea of like honesty at all times sort of, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't sit as well with me as I think just thoughtful speech does in general. Well, if the goal is enlightenment, rigid honesty is necessary. But he also talked about the middle way, you know, like, you know, finding that middle path, like that virtue scale you were just talking about. Yeah, that's kind of what we thought of when we were doing yeah. it. We were like, oh, this is very Buddhisty. It's very middle path. But if he was like, always be honest, I don't know. Maybe people didn't ask him hard questions. Yeah. Well, did they say anything in there about like, it, or is there any conversation around confrontational speech? I mean, because you're going to have situations where you have a strong viewpoint that is worthwhile, say, you know, say it is a conversation with someone that matters about access to treatment or whatever around recovery, and you're passionate about that, and it's something that you want to advocate for, you know, how do you, and you're going to meet controversial opinions on that. Is there any, how well, to I handle those things? This, the, the guidance, I think, is the same. Like, you want to do it, you know, it sounds like timing's important. You want to be honest and kind and respectful and do it to the best benefit of all parties involved. So I think the guidance is still, it's just trickier. It's just yeah. a lot trickier. Well, I think it is important for me too, to try to look at my intentions and things a lot at the, the base. Like, what is my intention here? Do I think I want to change this person's mind? Do I think I'm going to make them think the way I want them to think? You know, if that's my intention, that's probably not so great because then I'm going to get argumentative and defensive and it's going to turn into a battle. <laughs> Versus maybe I'm just going to try to open their mind a little bit and give them some information to think about and, and maybe look at this a little differently. Like that is a more helpful way of approaching those conversations for me. Yeah. Any, any other examples of unwise speech lately? No, none I can think of. I, I, I think for me, I mean, I, I love the idea of wise speech. I, I don't know that 12 step necessarily has an equivalent. I feel like we just go in and we're like, honesty. That's, that's the speech the you end. need, honest speech. Um, honest, open, and willing. And I guess my take on this, which uh, Buddha would agree with because he says everybody should find their own path and not just blindly believe in his. 
Uh, right? Isn't that what his thing is? Everybody uh, should get their yeah, own be sense a lamp of... unto yourself. Yeah. So my take on wise speech is that I need to put more, more thought uh, into the intention ahead of time. Like, what is the goal? Because I I don't necessarily, and I don't think most people do. I think we just we just talk. Like we're just programmed. We're these computers. We spit out these statements when things come up, and that's what happens, right? People give us a one, we give them back a zero, and and that's just a programming thing we have. And I think slowing down, thinking about what are my actual goal with what I'm saying? Am I trying to make them feel bad? Am I trying to make them feel like they have room for improvement? Am I trying to like subtly, you know, suggest a different behavior for them to that might work better for them in their life? Like, what is the actual goal? And then knowing that, I think I can speak from a wiser place. So yeah, I think the the wise intention idea is cool. And and my wise speech version is not necessarily based around it's not based around dishonesty. It's not like I'm trying to lie, but it's more like how do I get where I'm going in the most compassionate and kind way possible? And maybe that's the thing with, with 12-step fellowships, why we don't see or why after a period of time people drift away or maybe find other avenues of spiritual growth. So a lot of us, me included, come into recovery with no understanding of you know, honesty. Like we think we know what it is, but we're not living honestly. We're not doing it. So we learn about that like in basic steps. So you can't try to describe to someone who's never been living honesty all the subtleties, you know, of when it's okay to be honest and when it's not. You just be like, look, just just be honest. Okay. Just right. be honest. If you can do that for a little while, the subtleties will come like in some time yeah. with some practice. We'll figure out where that doesn't work. Yeah. Well. And so we come into recovery and we learn these basic foundational principles or virtues, you know, maybe is a better way to think of it. And as we develop, we might have to look at some other avenues of spiritual growth or virtue growth because we can't rely on just those basic principles anymore. <laughs> you know, I took such offense to it when my, my therapist ages ago told me that like the 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 basic 12 step groups the na's the aa's she's like yeah they're like elementary school and i was like fuck you yeah, right it's everything because i was thriving <laughs> right and and you know i gotta say and this isn't like a put down i'm not trying to make anybody feel like they're less than or any of that but it it does from my outside exploration seem a lot like that like kind of like you just laid out like they give us these basic general concepts and then you know, maybe if you move into some of these other 12-step fellowships, they get a little more refined in those ideas. Maybe that's middle or high school. And then, you know, there's another world outside of that of like internal growth that you can seek through other spiritual paths or therapy or, or you know, some other way that is like the, the graduate school of. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> and I agree with you 100%. My uh bang on the table thing with that is yeah but if people would stick around we could bring some of that into the people that have been around like if everybody who wants to get further spiritual growth goes somewhere else then we never evolve past elementary school like that's all we ever are is elementary school because every time people get along the way they're like i'm going somewhere else <laughs> but i i think that's actually not how it would work and I think it's actually it'd be designed. To the detriment of the new people. Right. It would be like Billy Madison putting an adult into the. Well, <laughs> and, and you know, yeah, it would be this <laughs> idea of like, kind of like AA's pamphlet says, you know, don't talk about other things besides alcohol in here, or the alcoholic might not get it when he walks in the door. Like, if we were talking in our meetings and our fellowship about all these, you know, more refined concepts, the guy who just wants to stop shooting heroin is going to be like, this isn't the place for me. I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about anymore. So. That's where the wise speech comes in. See, uh, I'm going to know when it's the new guy, that conversation is a different conversation than I'm going to have with the guy at 10 years or going to have with the guy at 20 years. Who has the you time, know, Those though? are different conversations. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I mean, if they're working, like, their graduate school program, they don't have time to go back to volunteer at the elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I, don't, I don't see it working, honestly. Because, I mean, if I go in and share... If they're like, hey, come share your experience, strength, and hope. I'm going to talk about what's going on for me now. And there's not a 
I'm not going to say there's not, there's very few meetings that don't have a new person there. <laughs> like, so I'm just never going to be at the same place they're at. Oh, that's true. I mean, but, but what I think of is there were times in meetings where I heard people say things and it was like, eh, whatever. And now that I've been there for a while, I'm like, oh, I see what they were talking about. You know, like right. from staying around now, those things make more sense. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I. But I understand why people, yeah, and I, but I just, I understand why people sort of end up venturing to other places or going other avenues because it's, it is hard. I mean, most of what you're going to hear is. Well, and there's a reason that people going for their doctorate don't go sit in a third grade class and we don't have second graders in doctor school with them. Like there's a separation for a purpose. Like they're just in two different places. They wouldn't benefit from being in the same place. I don't think. Hmm. That's uh -huh. a. Never mind. I won't even go down that road. That's why our <laughs> educational system's fucked because we don't have smart people <laughs> teaching the dumb people what they need to know. We have somebody who doesn't know anything teaching somebody else who doesn't know anything. But <laughs> maybe I'll join in that conversation. Isn't there we a thing about, about if you're what you know, you learn teaching or something like <laughs> some concept of that? You learn it better by teaching than. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Anyway, that's a whole. That's why my kids go to hippie school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So take your wise speech. Uh, take your wise intentions. Go out there and, and think about what you're saying. Stop just responding immediately to everyone. You know, that reactionary response that we have based in, you know, our nervous system. We talked about that a little bit or, or our feelings or, you know, let's actually think through this to the the heart of the matter. and come from there. Have a good week. Bye. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. 